Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful.com. Well, FightfulOverbooked.com for this lovely post-impact wrestling under siege show. I'm at Joel Pearl, and of course, with me as always is my rider die, my number one, my collision course. Crest of Stars here, and we're going to talk about Impact's Under Siege, a show that has so much going on, that had so much going on, uh, a lot of returns, some departing faces. FightfulSelect.com had the big, big scoop tonight that Jordan Grace is uh, officially done with Impact Wrestling as of right now. Door is open in the future. We'll talk all about that. Macklin was a bloody mess. PCO was effectively beat down again, and the return of Bully Ray. Tons of that and more tonight here on our post show. But first, Cresta Star, how are you doing? I am not okay. At first, this was, oh my God, I'm a emo girl, baddie, emotional baddie, but then this became crying because that main event, my bloodline is weak. You know how I feel about blood matches, and this was a lot. For my taste, for me, for me, the bits and pieces I did see looked badass, but that was so much. Oh, I have nightmares. How how was it? I know you thought it was great. <laughs> I know you loved it. Okay, I I did really enjoy it. I enjoyed the show uh, for the most part. There were a lot of things that really got me going and really got me excited. Mm-hmm. There were certain things that I was just like, eh, I didn't need to see it, but. Overall, I was I was pretty well entertained. I didn't feel like I did last night where I was just tired and kind of cranky and just wanting the show to be over. Tonight, I got through this show and I said, okay, not only did it not overstay its welcome, but it had enough going on with it that almost every match mattered and almost every match delivered something to continue a story. And I appreciated that. Did we get a lot of our picks right? Yes, we did. Did we kind of see where things were going? Yes, we did. That's not always a bad thing, though. So mm-hmm. overall, I would say that it was a fun show, an easy watch, on, well, unless you're squeamish in the main event. Soft. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. You're right. It is. It's a very easy watch. Yeah, there was a lot of really good stuff going on for it. So 
we're gonna we're gonna break it all down for you tonight here on Fightful Overbooked. And of course, if you're watching us on Fightful Overbooked, go ahead, hit that thumbs up button, and you can hit that subscribe button as well. There's tons of content here on Fightful Overbooked all the time, including myself and Jeremy Lambert. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 10 a.m., we're talking about wrestling. We're interviewing wrestlers. We had Gangrel on the show this morning. He was fantastic. Dropped some Paige Van Zant scoops for you. Uh, scoops. And- we got all the scoops over on In the Weeds. That's the show Jeremy and I do. And there's all tons of different content here. If you listen to Coexisting After Dark on Fightful Select with Rob and Maggie, they do a show here called Coexisting. That's their actual show here on Fightful Overbooks. So go ahead and uh, leave us a thumbs up on the video and then take a look at some of the content here on Overbook because there's a lot of it. And while you're at it, if you want to support us here at Fightful, you can donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. And there's certainly plenty to talk about, Cresta. And if you don't want to do the <laughs> super chat route, maybe you want to drop us a Humper Chat. And Cresta, how can they do that? You're going to head on over to HumperChats.com, type in your comment. But if I am not mistaken, I think there is another show currently running on Fightful, the main channel. So you want to go ahead and put EMP so those guys don't get confused and take our Humper Chats. So you put Humper Chat in HumperChat.com. We keep a little bit more of the proceeds of whatever dollar amount you give us. It makes us happy, Sean happy, keeps the light on, and my mustache grows ever thicker. HumperChats.com. Ding. Drop that IMP and drop that Humper Chat. I have to use that term every once in a while. It feels weird. Anyway, the big news tonight, of course, Jordan Grace can no longer challenge for the Knockouts Championship as long as Deanna Prazo is holding it. Well, there's kind of reason for that, and that is Jordan Grace is a free agent. She's, uh, she's wrapping up with Impact Wrestling. She might come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get to the actual match itself. Uh, Cresta, though, when you heard the news on Fightful Select, did this shock you at all? It did, actually. Um, Jordan, to me, is one of those people that is synonymous with Impact Wrestling. Selfishly speaking, considering I'm going to be covering Collision, (laughs) I hope she goes to AEW. (laughs) I would like to see it. But if not, I would love for her to come back to Impact Wrestling. I love Jordan Grace. I think she is a fantastic addition. So this is, I was a little gooped. I was a little gagged. Fair. I uh, totally understand it. And we're going to get into that and so much more. Let's uh, let's get right into it. We'll go with the countdown. The uh, the Coven take on Death Dolls. So Taylor Wilde and Kylan King taking on Jessica and Courtney Rush. This was not for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships, as a lot of people thought it was. This was just a straight-up tag team match between the champions. It was non-title taking on the Death Dolls. Uh, this was great. The matching gear for Jessica and Courtney Rush looked really good. I love that Rush is now able to work her different style, her not-Rosemary style. It kind of refreshes her look and mm-hmm. refreshes move set that was cool uh and then of course you got to do a sharpshooter in canada and uh wild taps out to the sharpshooter from courtney rush come on a sharpshooter really but it's it's canada what do you expect uh cresta what do you think of this match i for the life of me thought sorry i for the life of me thought that this was a tag team championship match i thought it was so when taylor wild tapped out i was like oh new champions we back baby but then they said this is a non-title i was like wait wait just a second it makes sense. Do I think that the Death Doll should have lost here? No. We called this yesterday, and I'm very happy for them. However, I feel like the Coven stay losing. I don't know. Is it just me? Is it just me? 
in singles, yeah, they're not doing so well. But as a tag team, they've had some success. This is their first loss. Is this their first loss? No. I think as a tag team. You may very well be right. Since winning those knockouts tag titles, it would be their first loss because they've only put them on the line since then as a tag team. So, yeah, there there you go. If it is, then uh, we might be heading to new tag champions and the renewed death dolls or... It looks like we'll do another match between these two with the titles on the line, whether they tape those uh, in London tomorrow night or if they make it again against all odds, which, by the way, Cresta, that shows in two weeks. That's insane. That is insane. So we're going to be back here and we're here every week on Thursdays running down Impact Wrestling on the weekly TV show. Mm -hmm. We're going to be back here on a Friday night in two weeks to talk about against all odds, which to me is absolutely bonkers we don't normally do that with such quick turnaround so uh yeah against all odds they could do the knockouts tag team championship match then because it is so close but and then for the next two weeks of tv quote unquote just have the singles matches between the women do kylan king versus courtney rush do taylor wilde versus jessica again or reverse it whatever you want to do just to get to that tag team title match yeah, totally agree with that. That's still crazy. That's only in two weeks. I do like that idea. And I'm not saying that I hate the idea of hot potato with the with these two teams in particular, with all the spooky Laduka stuff going on. So I wouldn't hate it if they were like, well, I took it from you. Well, I'm more spooky than you. So I wouldn't hate it. I love it. I like them both. I like this new Death Dolls. They're both on the same page, which is what I really like about it. Yeah, that is one of the nicer things is that you are you're telling the story of these two getting on the same page mm-hmm. after being real real confused so uh this is this is good stuff uh digital media championship joe hendry takes on dirty dango hendry comes out and says you know dango's having an identity crisis but that's not a surprise he's a former ballroom dancer he's a fake police officer tonight will i get a doctor a scientist a teacher an astronaut a parachute instructor it doesn't matter the only job he has to worry about is walking down to the ring so he can get beat up by the digital media champion and then, of course, say the two words that we believe, yada, yada. Dango has new music. He has new gear. His gear says the gratitude era as if it's the attitude era. And I hope this is him paying homage to Chris Candido because he has no gimmicks needed all over his tights, which was Chris Candido's moniker back in the day. So if that's the case, wonderful homage because this was a night of homages anytime Uh a canadian destroyer was hit it was not a canadian destroyer it was something else uh but otherwise this match kind of went exactly as as we expected in terms of everything but the finish they did a dq a low blow in front of the referee and then out comes santino morella of course and he goes to uh try and take out dango because of course santino knows who took him out and uh yeah that's the match disqualification finish what'd you think I could not believe that after he tried to distract that ref, he just hit that man in the nads anyway. He said, I do not care. I do not care. If this is super serious, Dango, okay. Don't hate it. Warming up to it. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Serious Dango is still like a, huh? So I don't know, man. I I don't know. Also, you can't make fun of people. Everybody's got a gimmick. <laughs> that's the gimmick your gimmick is making that sound while you rub your mustache listen every time i rub my mustache an angel gets their wings (laughs) a lot of angels angels getting their wings recently i guess 
Anyway, uh, I did like that Dango was working over Henry's arm throughout the match. Of course, that mm. goes to the whole like the arm lock versus the biceps thing. It it worked. Uh, super serious Dango has potential. This was his first match wrestling like this in Impact. Mm. There will be course correction here and there, but overall, there's there's some mileage to this. I wouldn't mind seeing it flesh out. And Dango versus Santino, if you do it against all odds, fine. If you're stretching out to Slammiversary, I'm a little concerned. But uh, overall, that seems to be where we're going. Any qualms with that? Now, against all odds, I think is a good way to give it a nice, decent little payoff. So if serious Dango wants to be taken more seriously, you beat up Santino. And if it's not Joe Hendry, it's somebody else. And then you work your way up to Joe Hendry and maybe even take the digital media championship off of Hendry. It's not a bad way to do it. We'll see where they go with it. Uh, our opening super chat comes from Dobby the Brain Heenan's. It's a fun show tonight. The arena looked good. The crowd was solid. Looking forward to the stories coming out from tonight's show throughout. I agree. We talked about at the top of the show. They did a lot of good setup for storytelling. They did a lot of really interesting things that are getting people talking. A good way to start a very busy weekend in wrestling. Uh, the arena did look good. The crowd looked okay. There was some weird piping and draping going on because it's an agroplex it's a big like you, the they had to set up bleachers and then they have to like this big tall walls with openings it's i've been to an event like that that impact did this was in 2017 this was the mm. when when anthem first purchased impact they ran bound for glory in ottawa canada which is my hometown and i said i'm going home for that and i went to that show and they ran it in an agroplex and it's like this big open hanger looking venue and they had to like pipe and drape it enough that it looked like it could hold enough people and it's a very it's it's a tough gig to do but they did a pretty good job tonight to make it look like the regular impact tour that you would see on tv i didn't even notice i'm not gonna hold you i will say that the impact crowd is always very ravenous <laughs> for better or for worse if you go to an impact show you're gonna hear a crowd so i thought they were pretty hot not the hottest. I've heard them be hotter, but it was a good crowd. It was a good crowd. I agree with that. Polite crowds in London, Ontario. Is can we? Can I say we for that? Is that we or not we? Eh, you know. I don't. I'm asking. I'm not. I'm not from Canada. Well, then maybe you should listen to them when they shout "Jersey sucks" at their Impact World Champion. I'm not from Jersey either, girl. That's not me. <laughs> The thing is, they weren't wrong. Anyway, the show opens up with Nick Aldis versus Kenny King. If you're going to open up with anyone, it makes sense to do Nick Aldis because mm -hmm. he's currently trying to start from the bottom and work his way to the top. Kenny King is the first man on the totem pole for him. Uh, I did like the commentary spent a lot of the opening parts of the match running down the backgrounds for King and Aldis, uh, respectively, and kind of going into Nick Aldis being like a multi-sport kid and then Kenny King doing football and then suddenly having like a run of reality tv including wwe tough enough uh there was some really really good stuff the match was solid good back and forth work king playing dirty as you would expect uh all of this of course ends with uh gene getting trying to distract the ref after nick aldis hits the top rope elbow and then uh aldis just levels sheldon gene with the forearm King tries to pin Aldis with his feet on the ropes, gets caught, and then he gets caught into the Texas Cloverleaf, taps right out. Nick Aldis gets the win. Do you want to add anything about this match? 
I like Nick Aldis's gear. The way that his N and A, it kind of looks like it says Magnus. So at first I was a little concerned. Like I thought we were trying to get away from Brutus Magnus. Um, also that big suplex from Aldis on King, I think it was to the outside of the ring. That was gnarly. And for me, my first time seeing him like on the, the pay-per-view, the premium live event, I'm like, okay, Nick Aldis, I see you. I think he's got a very promising run in front of him. I kind of hope that this is the end for Nick Aldis and Kenny King only because I would like to see Nick Aldis keep climbing up the ladder. And right when Nick Aldis is close, you have a Kenny King saying, you you thought I forgot? I just didn't want to be bothered with you. But now, just like you stopped me, I'm going to stop you. I can see that you let it cool off for a bit so Nick Aldis is like he's still climbing. And then you have Kenny King come later on and then you can run that back. So I think they have great chemistry as well. Do you have any thought as to who Nick Aldis could face next? Dirty Dango. <laughs> <laughs> They're both tall. All I could think of was tall. Uh, Nick Aldis being like a super baby face too. I yeah. think it could be a case. You could fight a moose and beat yep. him up. I apologize for the musical soundings of New York City in the background. Um, Got them windows I- open tonight. <laughs> Listen, while we're waiting for that, Moose is a good shout. Uh, the only person I do not want to see, but unfortunately, it's quite a possibility, Edward Edwards. As soon as you said, I don't want to see, I said, watch this man say Eddie Edwards. Ah! I don't want to see Edward Edwards. I just don't. I mean, the, those two were in the company together at the same time, I want to mm-hmm. say. if I'm Again, my brain is a little wrecked, but... Uh, yeah, I just I don't need to see Magnus and Edward Edwards in 2023. I will also say that with Eddie Edwards, from what I've seen and in my opinion, if you get into a match with Eddie Edwards, it's not just a one-time thing. Eddie Edwards is going to linger on you like a cold sore. You're for weeks. You have to deal with me. And then after that, you have to deal with my wife. And then after that, you have to deal with some faction that I've made. And then if I decide I want to let it go, I have to interfere in your matches to let you know that I've let it go. I I don't want to see that. If it's a one-off, I think it'll be great. But if it's the Eddie Edwards, I'm just going to linger on. No, I don't want that. Yeah, I again, Edward Edwards is the last person I want to see. I don't know who Nick Aldis could go up against next uh, unless they do Moose. But Moose is still... I don't know if they're going to move Moose away from the Myers and good hand story. It feels like they are trying to do that. Mm-hmm. At which point Moose versus Aldis, that I'd like to see. I could see Myers moving, oh, Moose and Myers moving away from each other. If Myers is using the good hands to get a tag title shot. And then when they do, Moose Myers says, no, nah, that's for me and Myers. And then whatever, that's what causes that bust up there. That's what I foresaw going into it. I don't hate that. So that that could be something that we see down the line. Uh, let's let's move on. Masha and Killer Kelly are in the crowd brawling their way through. This was a nice little touch. I like that they mm-hmm. brought this back from uh, this past Thursday's impact. They had Kelly throwing the trash bin at Masha. They brawl onto the floor and then onto the ring. And then Kelly brings out the chain, almost chokes out Masha, but the referees and the security, they pull them apart. Kelly's furious. She's just beside herself. Uh, these two are going to get hardcore, and it's going to be good. They've already done it when that, they did the match at Rebellion, the, the five-on-five. Mm-hmm. But these two going one-on-one do a, do a knockouts monsters ball match. 
So it wouldn't be, again, not the first time that this has happened, but those two could settle it in, in that or a weaponized steel cage, a clockwork uh, orange has a fun match. I like that. I like both of those answers. The way that they had them brawl out, it kind of seemed like, and some say they kept brawling ever since. <laughs> it was so great. It almost too reminded me of family guy with Peter and that chicken just randomly fighting out of nowhere. When, <laughs> when Killer Kelly damn near yeeted Masha off that little top rope, uh, that, that um, second floor, whatever that was, I was like, Jesus, these girls are brutal. I do want to see that match. However, if it's anything like the main event, I my bloodline is weak. I will pass away. I almost spontaneously combusted tonight. So, might happen. You'll have to you have to watch through those Becky Lynch glasses. Oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Gia Miller's interviewing Jordan Grace in the back, and G and Jordan Grace basically says, "If I lose tonight, I'm not the face of the knockouts division. I'm not ready to carry this company on my back, and I'm not the best." If I'm not the best, then who am I? And initially, I was like, sounds like a heel turn to me. And later on, we'd find out that it's very much not that. And we'll talk about that very shortly because, once again, Jordan Grace appears to be doubled in back wrestling, according to Fightful Select, and are reporting tonight. So we'll get into that after we talk about the uh, the match with Deanna Perrazzo and Jordan Grace uh, itself. The design. Angels Con and Diener take on Sammy Callahan, Rich Swan, and I told you so, Jake Christ. That's not his name. That was me saying, I told you so, that it was going to be Jake Christ as the... Uh, the is the, Jake Christ Peter something... Uh, not Peter something. Jesus. Jake something? No. Jake something is Jake something. Okay. Jake Christ is the other member of OVE. The, 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 the second member. The third member we don't talk about. That was Jake's brother. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Jakes. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of jigs. You want to you want to get even weirder? Just go to AEW and look at the the Matt Mike Cage ratios going on there. A and Adams people. too. And Adams as well. Yeah, there's a lot of that. But uh, no, we we don't have that problem right now with Impact. Uh, Rich Rich Swan, Sammy Callahan, Jake Crist, they get the win. Rich Swan picks up the pin for his team. Uh, the match was fine. The again, I. I had a hard time getting into this knowing that this has been dragging on for a while and it just felt like we're dragging it on a little bit more, Cresta. Uh -huh. But angels look good again, and I do appreciate that. So uh, go ahead. So did Khan. Khan. Khan did look Oh, he did look good. Go ahead. Talk to me about this because, yeah, they did a good job with him. Not Khan standing there getting dove on by uh Swan. Like, yeah, get that out of here. No, I'm sorry. He swatted Jake out there. Like, yeah, get that out of here. And Swan's like, what are you doing, bro? Khan looked phenomenal. Even when he was bumping around the ring, because I feel like the way he started off that match was so like, I'm big. You're not going to get me. So when he was bumping around, it was like, oh, my God. This big guy is actually taking damage. Also, like you said, Angels looked like a Tasmanian devil. He looked vicious in that ring tonight. Finally got that payoff confrontation with um, Sammy Callahan and Diener, which been waiting for. Um, I I don't know if this where this goes from here. I don't know if it's done. I feel like there might be just a little piece left between Diener and Callahan, just those two specifically. But besides that, I don't know where we go from here. And also, is Jake Crist back? So they didn't put out an announcement saying that he was. They'll probably have him at the TV tapings tomorrow, and he might just be the special guest for the next couple of weeks, uh, on, on TV at least. Um, 
Yeah, they kind of boffed the reveal of, of Jake Crist. That was the other thing that was really interesting to me. They they showed on the lower third that it was Jake, but like there were still strobe lights in the dark. Like you couldn't see mm-hmm. any faces. It, it was just kind of weird. And then you had Tom Hannafin kind of react really excitedly like, is that Jake Crist? As if he was like long lost brother number five. But instead, uh, we had uh, just the reveal and people were people were into it. Rightfully so. Um, if you know, you know. Otherwise, this was just kind of a six man tag. Diener is local to the that area of Ontario, so mm-hmm. for him, this was a really good match to have, really cool match to have, uh, and it's a ma- it's a big storyline right now. So the the pieces were there; it was just there. I will also say too that this match made Swan look really good in the last third. That double DDT on Takan and um, Angels. Uh, wrong place you looking in the wrong place girl you almost said masha slam a bitch that was different <laughs> <laughs> from diener i mean uh onto diener and khan was really phenomenal i just i don't want every time swan to win is with a freaking roll up i've been noticing that his last couple of matches he'll get you with the rope dope and i'm like but we've seen swan even bled that match swan is way more dynamic than a roll up then if it's not just a schoolboy, a small pet, am I am I crazy in that? Am I the only one seeing that? So it's I don't think you're crazy for it, but at the same time, he still hits all those high impact moves. He still hits his 450. He doesn't do the Phoenix Splash anymore, which I'm wondering why he stopped mm. trying that. But he 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 just does the 450 from the top from the second rope now, uh, which is fine. But I think the idea here is that he is a wily veteran and he knows how to get a pin pin is a pin. You win the match, right? You know, in WWE world, Cody pinning Brock in Puerto Rico. A lot of people were like, Oh, it's a cheap victory. Well, no, he he got the pinfall. And that's what we're looking at here. It's a similar deal. Angels goes the half and half hits it on Swan tries to do it again. Swan turns it into the victory roll gets the three count. That is the veteran knowing and adapting to move set. Things like that are fine. It's, when it happens every single match, that's a bigger deal. I don't think it happens every match, but I do agree with you. It happens more often than not lately with Rich Swan. Mm-hmm. I also, I also want to back to the whole Swan getting the pin. I feel like again there might be some mileage left with Callahan not getting the pin on Diener. I think that's the that's the end to this story when it does come. So I'm concerned how they're going to spin that and if. If and when it does come, because I do expect Callahan to close the story by pinning Diener, what happens to the design? Make this, at against all odds, because they're going to be in, in Ohio, make that one of the big marquee matches is one-on-one Diener versus uh, Sammy Callahan. What the stipulation is, I don't know, but it's got to be something that keeps everyone away from ringside. Could be a cage match, who knows? Uh, but either way, it feels like that should be the blow off. You got the right spot. You're, you're in the right city. You have the right mindset. I'm ready for this thing to end and move on. Cause unfortunately in my view, it didn't really accomplish the goals it set out to as a story, right? The idea that Sammy was going to infiltrate the design and implode them from the inside. Oh, he didn't really do that. Agreed. He kind of, and, and he keeps saying that he did. So I think it's time to just blow off this feud and finish it. I don't know how you do it. But if you're going to do it and have Sammy go over, he should do it in his hometown or his home state in two weeks at Against All Odds. I agree with that wholeheartedly because I, I'll take it even one step further. I kind of 
the way they had set up the design to be with Dina as a leader was supposed to be way more violent than violent by design. And to me, it hasn't lived up to that large expectation that they put it to. It's halfway there, but I feel like the expectation was so large that I'm not getting it. So it might be time to, if this is the shakeup to make them that I'm okay with that, but something's got to give for both of them. Yeah, exactly. So uh, again, we'll see how things play out on, uh, on TV for the next couple of weeks, but for me, the match was fine. It just didn't really do much to move the story along. Uh, Rich Swan getting the pin, that helps. There's another person that actually Aldis could go up against. If he, uh, I know it's not a heel versus face thing, but mm-hmm. Aldis versus Swan is actually a really interesting idea for me because they're so different, not only in the ring style, but just mm. in their size, in their presentation. Uh, it might be very cool to see how those two interact in the ring. And even... In that situation, I would I can imagine Aldis going over on Swan. I don't think it hurts Swan. I think it rises both of their stocks. And you know, afterwards, it's going to be a handshake and not no shenanigans, you know? Yeah, exactly that. And like you said, everyone rises to the occasion. Aldis mm-hmm. makes Swan looks, look good. Swan loses to a former Impact World Champion, a former multi-time champion in other brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as the match is good, everyone kind of wins. It's a possibility. I guess we'll uh, we'll find out soon enough. GM Miller's with Santino. Santino calls Dango a piece of shit. And, of course, can challenge him to a match. I don't have anything to add to that if you don't. Nope, that's it. That's exactly what happened. Wonderful. <laughs> Trinity takes on Giselle Shaw. The crowd loves Trinity, as they should. This match was was really good. I enjoyed it. It, was, um, it didn't overstay its welcome. I think it had a lot of the right stuff. I think that Trinity looked crisp for her first live match live live as in no mm-hmm. editing no opportunity to change things up this was a really good match uh and giselle shaw as always continued to bring you know bring her a game so really good stuff uh clearly they're going to work towards trinity and savannah evans they're going to tape that match tomorrow night they've already promoted that uh trinity doing the rack attack paying homage to nikki bella that was nice uh, and just really good fluid motion from trinity throughout the uh throughout the match does a Canadian Destroyer. It's a little rocky, but then she turns it right into the Starstruck. I like that. If you're going to mess up a move and it turns into your finish, make sure that your finish, yeah. whatever you're doing last, make sure that looks the most crisp and the most impactful, no pun intended. Uh, she gets the win using Starstruck out of that Canadian Destroyer. Very good match. What did you think? I was going to start off with the one thing I didn't really care for, which was I thought it was a sloppy cold red. But like you said, I like how she turned lemons into lemonade. And as soon as she's like, that's not working to me, the transition from that into her finisher was smoother than the setup and everything else. So I really appreciated that. These two girls were out here. And you would have thought that they were out here working for that. They were selling the both of them. They made it look like they were beating the hell out of each other. I thought the match was good. It was just the right amount of cheating where it didn't make it look like Giselle Shaw couldn't do it in the ring on her own. Of course, she's going to cheat. And also, I'm not mad at no one running out to help Trinity, proving that she could do it on her own. I fully expected Natasha Steele, Steele's, like we said last night, to deal with Savannah Evans because they got their ongoing beef. But I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. This match was really good. And I think if people were assuming that Trinity was going to wrestle 
or be just a Naomi with a different name, I think that this solidifies that no girl, I may be her, but this is a whole new thing. And we're trying to do different things. We're stepping up and we're taking risks. I loved it. I thought it was great. And of course, now Trinity has her eyes set on the knockouts championship as she did when she came in uh, with Jordan Grace now apparently being done with impact for the time being. Uh, this really opens up Deanna Perrazzo versus Trinity somewhere down the line. Uh, at, I would say do it at Slammiversary. But uh, we've got a month between then and now. What do we uh, What do we do with Trinity? Where does she go next for two weeks and against all odds? Is she even on the card? Maybe we could do a lish. No, please, God, no. No, 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 no. Hear me out, 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 hear me out. Because the next thing... Stop it. The next thing that's going to happen realistically is going to be Savannah Evans. Realistically. Realistically, if this Giselle Shaw thing... Go ahead, I see you. It's on TV. They're recording it for TV. Yeah, yeah. That's what I say. Like, that's realistically what's going to be next. But I'm saying, like, as far as... Just to say... Look at how Lish is stirring the pot. I can see Lish trying to insert herself in something and Trinity as someone just takes her out real quick, whatever it is. I wouldn't want Trinity to go against Deanna right away because in my heart and in my mind, when Trinity goes for that title, she's going to win it. Deanna just got it. Let her have a little rain for like three, four months. Trinity don't need it right this second. Yeah, but we also don't know how long she's part of the program. True, true. Uh, Scott in the chat is mentioning, you know, that we've talked about her teaming with Tasha Steeles to go up against Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans. You could, again, you could do that. That's something that I, again, I've advocated for and I would like to see it. Uh, I just don't know if that's what they're thinking of doing. I don't know if Trinity is interested in working a tag, uh, a tag storyline that doesn't lead to, say, the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Uh-huh. It seems like she's very focused on the Impact World Champion, the Impact Knockouts World Championship. The bloody war with Steve Macklin. Come on, Trinity, let's go. I mean, I'm not going to hold you. I, if I was Trinity, I would be feeling the same way too. I've done the tag team thing. No tea, no shade. I haven't been a women's champion in a very long time, and that's what I want, and I'm going to stay the course. And I think Deanna is an amazing champion. That's why, like I said, if Trinity's going to be sticking around, I wouldn't want her to go against Deanna right now because I, it makes more storyline sense to have Perazzo retain. She literally just got the title. So I think let's revisit this conversation in two months. Beat up Lish all the time. I don't know. <laughs> Stop it. I, I am looking forward to seeing what they do with Trinity because, like I said, when they brought her in, putting her up with Giselle Shaw was the perfect way to, mm-hmm. to view her. Again, intentions known. She wants the Impact Knockouts Championship. Then you have to build her in the Impact world beyond just Trinity's here, right? It shouldn't just be I'm here, therefore I deserve a title. Exactly. She's a baby face, so you got to build her up. So you give her the the most heelish heel you have, and that is Giselle Shaw, and then Savannah Evans. You again, you run her up the ranks. They're doing it right. I just don't know who's next in line. And God forbid it's Lish. I mean, Impact is known for being competitive, so I could see it being a Jody threat, and that could be Jody threat's first loss. I could see it. That's the thing. I see in the chat someone mentioned Jody Threat, and I'm saying I don't – maybe – and again, maybe this is my bias speaking because I am Torontonian, and I'm enjoying watching Jody Threat rack up wins en route to a Masha Slamovich-style build towards a Knockouts Championship uh-huh. match. Um, we could be doing that. 
Like, I could totally see it because look at how they built Masha and then they finally gave her a loss. You know what I mean? Jody hasn't been built quite that way. And I think two baby faces there poses a problem. So Savannah Evans, realistically, again, I know, I know I keep saying Lish, but then it's like you do half the coven, you do half of Death Dolls. I'm trying to think of who else is there in the knockouts division who has been on TV, or maybe I'm missing someone who hasn't been on TV, but it's like, it's probably Savannah Evans. And then what you got Lish, then Jody threat, then killer Kelly, Masha Savage. And now you're in the main event scene, you know? All I want to know is Trinity is Trinity going to, to Wagga Wagga. Is she going to Australia? Wagga Wagga. (laughs) By the way, is Wagga Wagga a sister town to Walla Walla, Washington? Sorry, I'm not doing this. Uh, I've already sent that tweet. Dobby the Brain Heenan suggests Trinity and Tasha steals versus the coven says he'd be down for that. I would, I'd be down for that, but again, I don't know if we want to divert the from the path of the Impact Knockouts Championship. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I kind of sit on the fence with where we go with Trinity from here. Um, the point here, though, is that it was a very good match. She's got a couple on the horizon. I don't know what she's going to do for against all odds. A tag match would make sense just to blow off the the Giselle Shaw uh, storyline. But now, because of Jordan Grace being gone, your number one in your 1A being Deanna Perrazzo, the champion, and Jordan Grace, the the challenger, uh, you just kind of lost somebody in Jordan Grace who could have been that big stepping stone victory for Trinity en route to a match against Deanna Perrazzo. I could see that. But I also think that when one door closes, another one opens. Now I think it solidifies Masha as your 1A. And if Masha wants to go against Perrazzo, realistically, Masha could lose because Killer Kelly says, I'm not done with you. And it doesn't feel bad for anyone involved. You know what I mean? So you get the Masha being the rightful next challenger out of the way with Killer Kelly saying, hell no. Maybe then Kelly trying to challenge Perrazzo and then Masha saying, Hell no. By then it'll get the knockouts division in order and get their affairs in order. So then you could have like that third challenger. And then maybe if not the third, that fourth person be Trinity. Yeah, I see what you're going for. I'm 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 really interested in where the depth chart lies with the women's division, especially with Jordan gone and Trinity slotted in as we move forward onto Slam Anniversary. And of course, whatever we're doing, it, it could be a multi-woman match. Mm-hmm. That's something that impact doesn't really do a well they multi-women they just did a multi-man number one contender match but they haven't done a multi-woman number one contender match in a little bit so mm-hmm. this is an opportunity for them to do something like that um either way the the trinity match tonight is really good it, awesome. and if it gets us if it gets us talking about what her next steps are then clearly something right is going on exactly uh, gia miller's in the back talking to subculture they say this is their first time as a team in impact mark andrews of course mentions that he'd been around TNA wrestling for a long time. I said they're new here, but they've been a tag team for a long time and they're coming into at the top to prove themselves. In walk the good hands and Brian Myers. And then they start to taunt them. And then Danny Luna says, well, the good hands can have the first shot at the tag titles once they win them. And I'm like, well, the good hands are never getting a title shot. Right? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I mean, her to quote Paul Heyman, that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Yeah, she spoiled it for you guys. That's not what happened. <laughs> yep. Well, Ace of Base take on Subculture for the Impact Tag Team Championship. 
this match was everything you'd expected and more. Really, really fun match. Manders and Webster just doing the early standing flips and dives on Chris Bay early. There was good stuff there. Blitzney Bop looked good. The second time Bay transforms that into a double poison Rana. I love it. Art of the Fold gets the win for Ace of Bays. They retain an excellent match. Go ahead. Free floor. Let's talk about it. I'm going to go ahead and say something bold. I thought this was a tag team clinic. Am I using that right? Because I thought it was really well. It was a great showcase of we've been a team for so long. These guys are really new. and But once these guys got it going, we flowed perfectly. Aces of Bays, in the very beginning, they were getting isolated, getting the rope-a-dope, the bamboozle. But once, especially after um, Chris Bay hit that, um, that big double DDT, um, no, sorry, the moonsault. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what it was because the DDT was the other way. But when he hit that moonsault, that's when the momentum really began to change from Chris Bay onto um onto um subculture. I I think that Aces of Bays have to get one more good tag team, not Motor City Machine Guns, and I don't know who else, but like a good stiff tag team. And I think that's what we can talk about when they're gonna pass the task because this was phenomenal. I want them to hold it forever. I want them. I, my first time seeing subculture, I see why they call that man Flash Morgan Webster. He is boom. That man is fast. He is so good. He's so good. By the what way, check out, check out our interview with Flash Morgan Webster over on youtube.com slash Fightful. Sean sat down with him for a very good one going into uh, tonight's Under Siege event. So check that out. Um, I thought the match was great. I thought that it delivered for everything we were expecting uh, and then some. And on top of that, you know, Mandrews was Mandrews and Webster were always going to come in. Is the same Andrews or Mandrews? So it's Mark Andrews, but they condense it to Mandrews. He goes I by Mandrews. Um, that's kind of a more of an not inside baseball, but he's just his. I think his Twitter handle is like Mandrews and then ninety four, whatever his birth date was. Um, anyway, so yeah, this match, this match really paid off. Ace of Bays continue on a hot streak as tag team champions. They continue to build. Uh, going back to the Scott Demore Steve Macklin saga, Demore tells Scott, you know, iron sharpens iron. And that's what Ace of Bays are doing. They yeah. are taking on the best of the best and they are proving themselves as a tag team unit. Their whole story has been to, you know, sorry to steal the Cody Rhodes moniker from uh, undesirable to undeniable. Because these two, as a singles, they couldn't get a win to save their lives. Now, they team up, they join Bullet Club, they go to Japan, they have a great best of the Super Juniors, uh, sorry, the Tag League, and uh, they come back and do this whole, th- 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 whatever they're doing now. They're a dominant tag team, and they're not the biggest guys, but they are a dominant, fast team. Uh, I love it that I can't look at Ace Austin now without calling him Quadzilla in my head. <laughs> Thanks to Gia Miller. You know what? Thank you. I didn't need that now. Now, thanks. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Quadzilla. So anyway, I I think the match was great. I think that Subculture was the right team for this event. I don't know who Ace of Bays take on next. Yeah. Moose and Myers are really interesting because they're not a team, but they are a team. And now we're talking about Moose and Nick Aldis off the top of our heads. 
But at the same time, if we're going to go back to Ace of Base versus Moose and Myers, then we got to take Nick Aldis out of the equation for the time being. I don't need to see Ace of Base versus the good hands. I don't need to see the good hands beat Ace of Base in a cheating fashion to then have Ace of Base or have um, good hands drop to Myers and Moose. I don't need to see a lineage like that. I want to see mm-hmm. Ace of Base continue to dominate, but I don't know who's next. I think a Myers Moose might be a good tag team for them to face because when it comes to facing heels in Impact, I always put Moose at the top of that list because Moose is a piece of crap. Like there's there's no nice way to say it. Moose is a mountain of crap. He's so he is such a good heel, but he will do anything to win. I've seen him like I don't care right in front of the ref. Yeah, bad Yahtzee. I don't care. Like Moose will literally burn down your house. Moose does not care. So I think someone like that, back to Ace Austin when he didn't care, but that's been so long ago, you know. Ace uh Chris Bay, your friend, your girl's favorite wrestler. Even then, he hasn't been the finesse, like the, the, the king of finesse in a very long time. So again, when it comes to are you a good guy? Are you gonna do something? You need to fight a really jackass heel. And Macklin's out of the picture right now, so you got moose. <laughs> yeah. And Dobby the Brain Heenan drops super chat saying, seems like it's a good hands at against all odds. Uh again, we don't know for sure, but if it is, Ace of Bays win. <laughs> you know, Ace of Bays yeah. win. But if that's going to be the conduit through which uh, Ace of Bays get Moose and Myers, then sure. Okay. I can see that as well, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that, that's kind of where my brain is at. But uh, let's move on. Exhibition Championship online. Trey Miguel takes on Chris Saban. Holy shit. Again, match after match. This, I think this, uh, I don't want to say this was my match of the night. There it was, was a, a good re- match, though. It was a great match. I love, and I say this a lot, I love what trey miguel is doing right now i love the story he's telling i love the way he's running as champion i think he's a great heel i think he is a wonderful chicken shit who continues to test the boundaries of every single match he has and how he can cheat to win i think that chris saban was the right opponent tonight because he's so white meats but Mm -hmm. he is so well respected in impact wrestling that these two coming together and having a match like this worked so well and they had great chemistry now trey wins we'll talk about the the cheating to win in a moment but what do you think of this match and where does it sit in terms of like your top matches of tonight hey guys have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary chuck norris i saw a video he made and i was shocked he is in his 80s still kicking butt working out staying active he looks like he's got more energy can work out longer even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing, too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Trey Miguel truly lives by win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Always cheat. If you lose and you ain't cheat, you only cheated yourself. Quite literally that. Um, In the beginning of that match, Chris Saban was being stiff, kicking in Trey Miguel's head. Whether it was the corner, the mat, he was being stiff. And I also liked that Saban was working over Trey Miguel's legs. I didn't notice until tonight that a lot of Trey Miguel's offense is in his legs. Also, you can't walk, you can't fight. (laughs) You can't jump off of stuff if you can't walk. Um... Trey Miguel blinding Saban. The eye rake. You. <laughs> Why? Why do we not? Why do we not expect this? And then with the oh, oh. <laughs> ah! come on now. He, why did? What do we expect? He gives it. He's been giving it to us since Black Taurus, and he has a mask on. And they did the right. They they did this the right way. Miguel and Saban had a legitimate wrestling match. Agreed. Saban doing his hesitation basement drop kicks. Trey did a full Nelson backbreaker into a reverse suplex and then turned it into a guillotine choke. That was wild. And watching, again, Trey Trey Miguel knows how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. He knows how to do the moves. He knows how to put them together in a way that makes sense. Saban as well, no problem. They they mentioned that Alex Shelley actually had a part in training Trey Miguel. And I was like, why didn't we lean into this story earlier? Especially now that it seems like they're going to run it back. Because we'll talk about what happened after the match in the backstage. But... You know, they do uh, another damn sharpshooter, but <laughs> that's just what you do. And uh, the tornado DDT from Saban on Trey when he's sliding from his knees onto the outside. That was great mm-hmm. stuff. They do another Canadian Destroyer Code Red homage. And then the Cradle Shock. So the way it plays out is the Cradle Shock is going. Uh, sorry, Saban's trying to hit a Cradle Shock on Trey. Trey rakes the eyes, gets out of it. Saban then grabs the ref. And tries to do a cradle shock on him because he thinks that it's Trey. But the mm-hmm. ref says, no, 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 no. So he gets put down. Trey drop kicks Saban into the referee. Referee goes down. Cradle shock from Saban to Trey. They do the visual pin, 1 through 15. And then Trey gets the spray paint while the referee's getting his wits back about him. And then hits Saban with spray paint to the eyes. Rolls him up. Gets the victory. Cheat to win. But again, the entire match up until that point had been so legitimate that it was just Saban getting frustrated, not Saban, Uh but uh, Miguel getting frustrated and cheating to win his way to the X Division Championship retention. Cheat to win. Cheat to win. (laughs) I love love a good heel. It was was a really good match. I do hope that they run it back. But I low-key hope that it turns both Saban and Shelly heel. I want to see heel Motor City Machine Guns. I don't know. I just want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. I don't know if we're going to see it. I don't. Boo. You're right. Boo. 
But it looks like they're going to run this back. Later on, they do a little bit of backstage. G. Miller catches up with Trey Miguel. And Trey is like, nobody has respect for the history he's making as X-Division champion. And he says he put down the eight-time, eight-time, and he does the eight-time. And then Saban shows up, and uh, security has to pull him off of Trey Miguel. Miguel laughs, walks away. It looks like we're going to do this match again. If they do, uh, I don't know. You got to put some sort of stipulation on it, right? Yeah, like a no disqualifications or something where even if Trey Miguel cheats, you know, you're still in this match. Also, I have a critique impact post-production. This is just me. This is just me. This is me. No, no, no. I'm sure many people will agree with it because it is post-production. I love the people at the impact post-production room, but go ahead. When Saban started saying his nine time, y'all should have played the clip of him every time he won the nine time when he holding the thing. You should have, you should have did it. You can commit to the bit. Okay, I do like that. They should have done that in the, in the breakup package. Because so. they started to, they started to, they showed I think like four times. I'm like, but if he's won it eight times, show him every time he's won it. He already had the promo where he said it the eight or the nine times. Let's do it. Let's do. It. You should have committed to the bit. That's my yeah. one complaint. My that's it. That's it. I get it. You know what? I do agree with that. Uh, <laughs> there are other issues that they usually have, like white balancing and other stuff. But uh, this was that. That's a good. That's a good one. I'd like to see them do that. Uh, number one contendership six way match. Honestly, I didn't really care about this match. Moose Edwards, Kazarian, Alex Shelley, Yuya Yamura, and Jonathan Gresham. Uh, once I found out that if Jordan Grace was was leaving. Everything I said about Jonathan Gresham winning this match went out the window. Uh, you had Yuya Mora put on a great match, make a lot of people think that he was going to win it. Ultimately, he does not. Your number one contender is Alex Shelley at Against All Odds. It'll be Macklin and Shelley. What do you think of the match? Uh, to me, there's only so much shit you can do in a six-way. And by the way, thank God Jonathan Gresham grew his full beard back. I'm going to go ahead and say this. With against all odds being two weeks away, Alex Shelley makes perfect sense. So I'm okay with the outcome of this match. However, Jonathan Gresham, to me, and U-Haul were the unsung stars of this. And I feel like I said that if it wasn't yesterday or the last time these four or these group of men were in the ring with U-Haul and Jonathan Gresham. When Jonathan Gresham faked out the knee on, um, oh my God. Uh, on Kazarian, and then Kazarian tried to back up. He's like, gotcha, bitch, and it did it again. It was so fluid, and it's like, I don't know. I get frustrated whenever I see Jonathan Gresham wrestling. I'm just like, why are y'all not putting the strap on him? You know what I mean? I feel like if this was FTR bald, he'd be champion. I I, 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 I I, don't know why. I don't know why. Like, he's so good. Maybe it's because I like the old, he gives me the old, put him up, she, put him up, she, and I, and I love it, and I'm here for it. I don't know. The whole match itself was amazing. But at the end of the day, no matter who won, you're going to get beat up by Steve Macklin. Sorry. It's the way it is. The, 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 yeah, the curious case of Jonathan Gresham. We have talked about this quite a few times mm-hmm. in that uh, we have expectations of him, of, of, of Jonathan Gresham, that are not necessarily being met. We don't know how long his contract is. That's mm-hmm. one thing. And I know I have talked about this with a million people. Jonathan Gresham has not told us how long his contract is. On top of that, people are, many people assume that it's like the Mia Yim deal where it was just six months in and out. And then you go back to wherever. Recently, Jonathan Gresham said in an interview with Nick Hausman that he's back on good terms with Tony Khan and that he would entertain going back to AEW. 
Now his wife is leaving Impact Wrestling. That Listen, it doesn't mean that partners have to go and work with each other everywhere they go. That's not necessarily That's a thing. Um, some people are asking, you know, is there a possibility? Of course, anything's possible. But right now, all signs in my brain seem to point to Jonathan Gresham's not staying long-term with Impact. So they're making him a great wrestler on the roster and not a standout wrestler winning titles in impact. That's fair. Not everyone could be a winner. That's fair. That's fair. He, he deserves it. I mean, nothing wrong. Agreed. No, no, I totally agree. But you make a good valid point too. It's like, if, if we want someone who's going to be here long-term to let's just say in the grand scheme of things, you sign every wrestler with the intention of that wrestler becoming world heavyweight champion. I need you here for longer than, X amount of months. All right. Josh Alexander, a big shoes to fill. And it seems like Macklin has, he's settling right on into them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, going back to the match itself, Moose hitting power bombs on Yuya, on Kaz, on Gresham, almost pinning Jonathan Gresham off of those power bombs. It's good stuff there. They're making Moose look strong. They made Yuya look strong. Everyone looked good. There was a lot yeah. going on throughout the match. Kazarian at one point hits a backstabber on Gresham. Shelly turns that into a flatliner on Gresham under the turnbuckle. There was just a lot of really, really solid stuff. Uh, Kazarian gets Shelly in a pin and then adds Edwards in a suplex to get a double pin. That doesn't go anywhere. And then everyone hits the finish as you do in a six-man tag. And then Shelly hits a... Uh, last on Yuya, he gets him with the cradle shock. So Shelly and Macklin against all odds. Someone's saying, you know, haven't we just seen this? No, we haven't. We haven't actually seen Shelly versus Macklin since uh, March, 2022. And you can talk about sacrifice. I mean, they did a six man tag. They have been across the ring from each other, but they haven't done one-on-one since March of 2022. I will say that pretty much everyone you've seen in this match is your main event scene with the exception of Yuha, which is normally Rich Swan. Yeah. And this is something that I talked about with Jeremy on in the weeds uh, as early as today. It's that this was a potential match for if they given you Yuya the win. The question was, what is Yuya Yumura? Who is he right now? All I see is a new Japan young lion on excursion who doesn't have a gimmick. Who's still trying to figure it out. You and I spoke about this too with Kupinder Gujar because he has the same problem. Yeah, and that's why putting them together in a match was so weird. Not in a match against each other, but mm. tagging them up together for that uh, that Moose versus Yuya match in Toronto. That's why it felt so strange to me. So I don't know where Yuya sits. He's another one where it's like, he's going to go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling because that's what the excursion program is. Yeah. You're going to work other places so that you get other styles under your belt. And Yu is doing a great job learning how to be not a young lion. But he's still presenting like a young lion. The only difference is he's not wearing black trunks and black boots. He's trying to get something, but he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. No. And I would love to see when he breaks out that breakout promo, that breakout moment that's not a match. And I've said that on other shows. I'm really interested in seeing where Yuya goes and how he builds his character. Because in ring, he's doing it great. Agreed. Yeah, no, agreed. Because it'd be one of those things, too, where it's like, because you are an excursion, I wouldn't want you to, to lose like that, if that makes sense. Because just based off of the match tonight, Macklin going to work you like a nine to five. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then there's no other way to put it. Like, if you guys have been watching our post-impact show for a while, you already know how I feel about blood. Macklin tonight, oh, that was gross. So with that being set, with that bar being set, every time you go to wrestle Macklin, that could happen to you. This was just no DQ. Ugh, do you really want? Ugh, and I don't want that for you, huh? You, you, yeah, sorry. And I don't want that for Bupinder either. I, <laughs> maybe Eddie Edwards, I want that for. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, this was different. This is a, that's a different match coming. The PCO match was because Scott Demore had a hate on for Steve Macklin. So they made a hardcore match. I get it, but I feel like. Even if it wasn't a hardcore match, you still gonna get your ass beat. <laughs> Fighting Steve, winning first kids number one contender means you got a first class ticket to pound. <laughs> Probably not what I would have said. <laughs> Target acquired. He, the mission is the same. <laughs> I'm sorry you have to do this show with me, Joel. It's after midnight. Are you okay? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna let Cresta can just compose herself. Okay, we're back. The Knockouts World Championship match: Diana Peraza defends against Jordan Grace. Okay, as reported by Fightful Select, Jordan Grace now a free agent. Really, she was a free agent as of Rebellion, and we talked about it on the Rebellion post show that we did with Steven Jensen. Last month, it was actually two months. Uh, no, it was last month in April. Uh, this was the beginning of the end of Jordan's tenure in Impact Wrestling. Well, tonight she wrapped up. She wanted to finish off uh, with that match against Deanna Perrazzo. The match stipulation was that if Jordan Grace lost, she could not challenge for the Impact Knockouts World Championship as long as Deanna was champion. Uh, she lost. She is a free agent now. Uh, Fightful Select reported that and that uh, Dion, uh, that uh, sorry, Jordan Grace had also mentioned that she's planning on taking some time off from professional wrestling to work on other projects. Uh, I'm not going to go completely uh, with the paywall. Go subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Best five bucks in the business. We'll talk more about that in a couple of minutes. But that's where we're at. You know, Jordan Grace, she's 27 years old. She spent four and a half years with Impact Wrestling. She was a former Knockouts World Champion, a former X Division. No, she won it and they took it away. And a former Knockouts World Tag Team Champion. They did a dusty finish with the X Division title in her. I had forgotten about that. Uh, and then she's also a former Digital Media Champion. So with all of this in mind, Cresta, before we talk about the match, Jordan Grace, when you found out that this was it for her in Impact, she's a free agent, what were your initial thoughts? This should have been the main event. That was my initial thought. This should have been the main event. Considering Jordan's leaving and considering, I mean, even with Jordan leaving, I will say that some promotions, AEW and Impact, to be very specific, that people will still work without a contract if it made sense, if it makes sense. I say that this had the most, the least predictability, I mean, like the Steve Macklin PCO thing, I was 100% Macklin. This one, I want to say, was 98% Diona, especially after that Jordan Grace was announced that her time with Impact was done. I think that her losing here was the right call. However, I would be remiss if I, if I didn't feel in my hardest of hearts that Jordan Grace and Diana Perrazzo are very deserving of an Impact World title run. I would love to see one of them, like, 
Tessa Blanchard did that, but I don't, I think that she's not the only one who can or should be the, the only one in the history books. And these two women, in my humble opinion, I'm not a wrestler, just a brony with a mustache and opinion, have the stuff, the stones, and the resume to do so. So I'm a little bit bummed that I'm that maybe not for right now, I'm not gonna see that. But I think I, I would I would have loved to see that. I still think it should have been the main event, but I understand why. Who wants to go after that? That was a lot of mess I gotta clean up. What does Austin? Hold on. Have you been talking to Steven Jensen way too much? This is a, this is a Steven Jensen trope. I, I know this, but but I do I do like that idea. I I like that idea, especially Perazzo or Grace in just those two in particular, and maybe to a lesser extent Green if she was still there. These women have been here since the dirt. Like in my opinion, like I've been one of the few since the dirt. Like Awesome Kong and Gail Kim were before their time, and these women have been there since. So I would love to see it, and maybe in a few months maybe even a year or two time love to see masha make a bid for it but again i'm a little bummed out that grace never had a chance to or at least come up with a storyline or a program to make that happen because she yeah. can she can hang with the best of them yeah and again i i said that in jest because i've talked about it with you both at different times and together on these shows there is absolutely a room where diana Peraza or jordan grace would have challenged for the impact world championship and it would have been great. Exactly. Uh, we're not going to get that with Jordan grace, at least for the next little while uh, as she exits the company, but you never know. She could come back one day and she could, if she goes and becomes a much bigger star than she already was in impact, let's say she goes to a W she goes to WWE and it takes, takes a year off or something goes does that for a little bit and then decides to come back to impact to finish off her time that's when i would do it i would say i'm not here for the knockouts world championship i'm here for the world championship i'm here for the the world championship that i always wanted that i never got uh that's a story that is uh, at that point years in the making so i could see that i could see that's a good call too yeah and you don't know again the they did a really good ma- they did a really good job of making this match believable in that these were two women who had a history. They this was a match where they beat the shit out of each other. It was all Jordan early and then it got a little bit comfortable mid-match back and forth. Um Jordan Grace kicking out of a pile driver and a Queen's Gambit. They made her look strong. Perazzo kicking out of the powerbomb and the juggernaut jackhammer and then doing the top rope finishes doing the tease with the grace driver and then turning it into a top rope queen's gambit for the mm-hmm. win you you couldn't have booked it better and you couldn't have booked it with more respect for the loser in this case yes jordan looked great in defeat she she looked confused but like a weight had been lifted she did yeah. her job she made diana look good and now she's gone What's frustrating to me is the the last part, because in that promo earlier, she really made it feel like she was going to be little girl lost and then she's going to turn heel. And it was there was there's such stuff left on the table, but the match itself was really good. It wasn't long either. Uh It it was under I believe it was under 10 minutes, but I'm also not a I'm not a stopwatcher guy. It was (laughs) but but it felt like a quick match. They got in, they got out and it was good. Uh, What did you think about the match itself? that 
Grace kicking out uh, the first Queen's Gambit commentary was like, no one kicks out of that. I think maybe one person might have during a pay-per-view a long time ago, and we just don't remember, maybe. But, like, no one does that. Damn near put the girl in a muscle buster. And honestly, I thought she was going to put Grace in the Venus de Milo. I thought Grace was going to tap here. I really thought Grace was going to tap. And not to say that... um that this wasn't a good finish too because a second row Queen's Gambit, <laughs> I thought Grace landed her damn neck. That looked gnarly. Like it was, whoa. But like this match was, it was everything I expect out of a Deanna Perrazzo Jordan Grace match. This was all of the hits plus some. Like you said, I'm just as sad as you that Grace is like, fare thee well. And I get it. I truly get it. I wonder where Perrazzo goes from here. Like I said earlier, it might be a Killer Kelly situation or a Masha Slamovich situation. And they just like those two rotate and then they screw each other over and then someone else, maybe a Trinity. I could see Perrazzo maybe dropping it to Trinity a little while down the line because Perrazzo won't hurt if she loses. I think anything, it'll raise her stock and this girl's stock. And Trinity, why I said this girl, Lord forgive me. Uh, <laughs> but like, I I I don't know. I'm just sad Jordan Grace is here. Law I am sad Jordan Grace is left. I cannot wait for what happens next for Perrazzo. But again, I I wanted to see a world impact uh championship run, but you make a good point. Let it be a little bit. It's like, I did that already. I came, I saw a conquered. And maybe her first challenger, sub, for some reason, could be Deanna Peraza. Like, you never beat me, bro. Four times. Four. She over four. And, oh, great. Nobody get over on Grace like that. I mean, Masha's going through what Grace went through with Masha. So, Masha thinks, like, oh, and three with Grace or something like that? The door, the opportunities are there, and the door is open for Grace to come back to Impact Wrestling at any time. Uh, with all that, you know, put together, I said it earlier, your one and one A are gone now. So you have to quickly find who your Jordan Grace equivalent is on the roster. Uh, you can make you could. It's so tough because Jordan Grace was so. She was she just turned into like this this hoss set. That's what they called her, right? Yeah. She was she was thick and powerful. And the next person I think of that has that is like Savannah Deanna. Evans. No, I'm hey. talking, I'm talking in terms of like just someone who is like meaty muscle. Muscly, yeah. And like Savannah's the next one I think of, and that's just because she's taller than everybody. Fair. There's no one else that's like jacked the way yeah. that the way that, that Jordan Grace is. Um, so I don't know how you get to that next person. I think realistically, like I said, it's Masha. While Masha, well, Masha lacks in muscle, she makes up in spades and diamonds and oodles in grit and mitigated violence. So <laughs> I could see Masha being the next one. And who knows? Maybe her and Jordan start going to weightlifting competitions together. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can see it. But I think Masha is there. And the way that in that short period of time, which is Masha beefing with Killer Kelly, it's raised Killer Kelly's stock so much. So in the event that Masha says deuces, you know how Killer Kelly, and then you one redhead to another to another, start beefing with Jody Threat. It just, the cycle keeps on repeating itself. <laughs> 
And if you want the cycle to repeat yourself, go ahead and leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked. We're here tonight for our post-impact show. Normally, we are on YouTube.com slash Fightful, but we were like, hey, let, let the recorded shows do their post shows, okay? Let Kate talk about, you know, AW Rampage that was taped on Wednesday and SmackDown that was taped last Friday. Who needs Grab that? Them. We were Grab the them. only live show tonight. So I said, let's go here, do it here. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbook because we drop content every single day here, uh, sometimes more than just once. So uh, go ahead and join us here. Let's uh, move on down the home stretch. We're getting to the end of the show and the world title match. Uh, drop us a super chat if you want to get your question or statement read on the air so far chat thank you for being here hanging out with us go ahead talk to the people everyone likes you uh impact world championship on the line no disqualification it's steve macklin on his birthday against pco first of all happy bloody birthday steve macklin you are never forgotten again because you decided to absolutely go to war with pco this match happy birthday steve macklin this match crazy gemini this nope. this match friggin' ruled. I loved every second of it. It's so good and the blood and the guts and that. I liked it. I'm sorry I did. So this is how we're gonna do this. I'm gonna say my two sentences because I'm I'm gonna show everyone where I stopped. <laughs> sure. These are my notes, and this is what I have for the main event. And then you see bleeding, and then I just stopped. <laughs> and then there's the post-match, bro. Joe Pearl, I'm glad you enjoyed this, and I need you to cover this whole thing because after I wrote, holy shit, the steps to PCO's back from Macklin, not the unprotected cookie sheet, not Macklin spear diving into the cookie sheet, Macklin is bleeding. That The whole match is just me. So you missed the staple gun. I, I saw it. I had to change the YouTube channel. When PCO picked out the flies, it was like, it was giving, it was giving, Adam's family, it was giving um, hocus pocus when they pulled old man's head out the dirt and he had to get the worms out. It was gross. I have nothing of usefulness to add. I am going to mute. Joel Pearl, take it away. Okay. So the staple gun to the mouth thing. Normally when you do a staple gun spot, it looks so hokey and so fake because normally the staples aren't real and they're just, you're just using the gun for effect to get the air sound. The best thing they did was the spot where the uh sorry that was weird i thought i heard something uh the spot where he's mac uh, not mac and pco is pulling out the staples from his mouth they made it sound real they made it look real. little shit like that makes for a great visual and i love that they did the concrete concrete slabs again to the back of pco with the sledgehammer fine whatever and then pco kicks out sits up hulks up brother He's not human, yada, yada, hits a DDT, does a lung blower from the second rope, followed by a second rope drop, uh, leg drop. It's cool. Then they bring out the cinder blocks. This is the finish. So many cinder blocks. Macklin tosses PCO onto the cinder blocks from the second rope and then hits the KIA onto the cinder blocks for the win. Macklin retains. It is a bloody mess for Steve Macklin. The visual is incredible, Cresta. I know you're not super into blood, but you, know, the, you, you talked about it on your... Uh, on your your interview for the spotlights about how you felt that Steve Macklin was, uh, <laughs> you felt you think he's bland. Okay. okay, listen, listen. I'm not gonna get involved in this manufactured heat. I don't even remember saying it. I just agree because I just be saying shit. Okay, no, you, said not gonna... you said it though. 
but the point is after tonight you have to you have to see that macklin and we're going to talk about the post match which was even more bonkers but up until this point you get to the match finish the cinder blocks the kia the victory you see macklin with the bloody face you have to be thinking differently about this guy so i will clarify like i said on jensen and jeremy show Nothing about Macklin's personality is bland. You just got her on black boots and black trunks. Come on now. Like, what do you, I, I didn't make that up. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Tonight, I was, I wanted him to go to the back and get medical attention because at some point it was just squirting out. I, I, I have all the respect for, I knew, I don't know how else to say this. I knew what it was fucking for when he beat up Rich Swan and had that man in his, in the tree of woe and just like, Ah, I know, like, Macklin is a phenomenal wrestler. You just got on black trunks and black boots. That being said, oh, my God. Like, I knew he gave it up, but I didn't know he gave it up like that. Oh, oh, welcome to the John Moxley circle, the Cody Rhodes circle, where you just be bleeding. Oh, my God. I get it. I get it. I truly, and that that cinder blocks. Loved it. I get it. I truly get it. I just wanted him to get medical attention at some point. <laughs> I, I I couldn't want to like, yo, like it's literally, it got so bad at one point when he threw PCO on the hardest part of the ring. Oh boy, when he fell out, slipped on Macklin's blood. Jesus Christ. Someone in the know, Facebook man. chat, someone in the Facebook chat points this out perfectly. This worked because all other matches were clean. Other companies should learn from this. And it's true. This was the only match that drew blood like uh, on purpose. Rich Swan and yeah, that wasn't that was unintentional. But this was the match that was like it was supposed to be the goriest, and that's fine. It was done. Not normal. He's a genetic freak. That's right. (laughs) Not normal. So we get through the match. It's over. Steve Macklin post match grabs a microphone, calls out Scott Demore, says, "You got to do what you said you were going to do. Put that title around my waist." Demore comes out. Puts the title around Steve Macklin's waist and he goes to shake Macklin's hand. And Macklin leaves, says, No, I told you, I'm your boss. Screw you. We're not doing it this way. Bully Ray is back, and I told you so, by the way. Uh, and he beats up Scott Demore, tells Macklin, Get the table. They grab the table, they set it up, grab the lighter fluid. At this point, commentary is losing their shit. Matt Raywalt gets into the it gets in the ring and says, don't do this. Tries to stop them. He gets beat down. He gets sprayed with lighter fluid instead. But then they do the wonderful power bomb through a flaming table spot that Scott Demore. They tried to do this to Scott Demore at a TV taping about a month ago, and they botched it. So they had to bring it back this time, and they got it right this time, and it looked good this time. So kudos to them for doing it right. Darn. And then it ends with Bully just over Scott's, you know, totally knocked out body saying that if Scott Demore goes down, he's coming with him. And so is the entire company. And he no. says, Scott, you hired me. So if I go down, you're coming with me. And so is this entire company. What do you think of this whole thing? Cause bully being back shouldn't surprise anybody, but bully coming back and going after Scott Demore uh, that that's a, that's a thing, especially when he aligns himself with the Impact World Champion, which is very different from where we saw Bully Ray at the beginning of this year. But also, we trust in Bully Ray. 
We trust in Bully Ray. We trust in Bully Ray. All right. Maybe the blood loss made your judgment a little cloudy. But he may be standing next to you now. That's because you have something he wants. Storyline-wise, Macklin was absolutely right to be like, no, Scott DeMore, F you. This is what it took. It took me damn near murdering this man. <laughs> Classic impact. We'll give you creative freedom, but you're probably going to die. <laughs> so I have to murder this man. And now you want to shake my hand? Heck you. Bully Ray. Bully Ray beating up Scott Demore. From a fan's perspective, impact has been the best it's ever been. Don't take this man out. No. Ah! But at the same time, I thought we all hated Bully Ray. How come there weren't people flooding that ring like the design with the yellow jackets? This, this is something that always never ceases to amaze me. You will tell people for months, watch out for Bully Ray. Watch out for Bully Ray. Bully Ray this. Jump him. He is not supernatural. Jump him. I don't understand. Jump him. Like So when Scott Demore went to that table and only the Motor City Machine Guns came out and Matthew Ray was like, oh, this whole roster fake. So y'all like Bully Ray. Y'all want to get wham, bam, bam, boozle tricked. All right. I don't know why, why nobody does that. We all hate Bully Ray. Backstage, like, don't trust him. He's a coward. He's a scumbag. But then when he does Bully Ray stuff, it's like, He didn't let a table on fire and put you through it, though. Listen, if we all jumped him, he's one dude. Maybe Macklin. At most, you got the good hands. That's four people out of how many people that don't like Bully Ray. I don't understand. <laughs> don't understand. Jump him. Okay. Jump him. But the, so the big thing here is that Macklin and Bully Ray share a common enemy, and that's Scott Damore. This is, this is the story. And someone asked me what happened to Santino. Well, he's going to go after Dirty Dango. Santino, he has bigger fish to fry. He's, he's got the, the Dango fish, super serious Dango to fry. There, it's it's like, why do you go after Bully Ray? You don't, because Bully is crazy. He'll ruin your life, and he will not only ruin your life, but he will set a table on fire and put you through it. <laughs> so that's why you don't. That's touch a valid him. point. That's and, a valid point. And at one point, you know, at Sacrifice, everyone comes out with Scott Demore and they they beat up Bully and all that shit. And they set up the, the hardcore war at Rebellion. That's fine. This time we're resetting. I don't think, I think if anything, people were just shocked, quote unquote, that Bully was back. And that's why no one came to help anybody. Personally speaking, this will be the third time Bully Ray has come in and upset the whole basket. First was with Aces and Eights. Second was with Josh Alexander. We can be shocked, but he is like a sickness. <laughs> and we need to act fast. And and that might become part of the story. The impact versus the bully impact. Can you imagine if they let Bully go over and Bully... Oh, oh, oh. Wait a minute. I think I've just done something in my brain. <laughs> impact Wrestling being booked by Bully Ray. Ah, wait a minute. That's the most chaotic option I could think of. Wait a minute. Actually, let it happen. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's see what... <laughs> they, might run a, they might run an angle where Bully Ray wrestles Scott, whoever Scott puts up for control of impact wrestling because they're leading special guest referee no absolutely not but i don't know what though i don't know what they're going to do but you brought back scott demore you brought back bully ray you've got steve macklin as a world champion seems like you're really stacking the deck up against scott demore that he's going to need someone like a nick aldis 
to, you know, come in and say, what's all this then? And then stop. have, I'm never going to stop that. I love that bit. And he's just, and, and they're going to do something with him. And I'm sure Sammy Callahan's going to get involved because Sammy's one of those, I'm an OG impact guy. And they're all going to get rid of bully somehow. If this doesn't culminate with a loser leaves impact style match, uh, then what are we doing here? Where's Scott going to go? <laughs> Scott ain't going nowhere. That's the point. And I feel like a loser leaves impact is a foregone conclusion. Where the hell is Scott going to go? You better call Petey Williams. You better do something. You better get the rest of Team Canada together. <laughs> Stop, it. Stop it. You know what I'm trying to say. This is the end for Bully Ray. Hopefully this is what leads to the end game for Bully. For whatever his story is here in Impact. That what if means, it doesn't, Joel? It does, it, but it does. I'm always going to choose the most chaotic option. If Bully Ray wins, he controls Impact for a solid month and then a mutiny. <laughs> and yeah, Aldous has a bone to pick with Bully too for once upon a time. There is, there's enough of that. Uh, go, go back in your Impact lore. Go to your NWA lore. No, I'm just kidding. Um, don't, don't bother with that. But go back and there is, there's heat there. There is not heat. There is, there is. Uh, there's lore there is a story mm. there is there's history so go back and check that out um all this being a part of this thing absolutely can see it i'm hopeful that this doesn't become a tna 2010 story out of it but sometimes bring the nostalgia back a little bit is a good thing i don't know where it goes i'm happy to see bully back i see someone saying all this ray Walt and macklin all I'm saying well, is that Raywald versus Macklin and Bully. Raywald's earlier, you were like, I don't want to see no 2010 TNA with Magnus versus Eddie Edwards. And now I it's like, that shit. <laughs> I just don't want to see Eddie Edwards. And I now it's like, it might be I. I don't want to see Edward Edwards. I want to see it when it makes sense. I don't want to see it just because they're doing it. Uh, yeah, you could do Ray Walt in a match. I don't know. I know that he said this week, I'm still a, a wrestler. But I don't know if they want to do another match with Ray Walt. He showed up in a battle royal on Impact once upon a time. Uh, who knows? But him getting beat up just felt like part of the part of the bully's dominance story from tonight. I could also see it. They've been using Gia Miller a lot on commentary. So if he wanted to transition into ring into in ring, you've got a perfectly capable, ready and willing Gia Miller on right there you know what i mean and even if he wants to fluctuate i could see it if he wants to be a wrestler that's if he wants to i think for that they were just trying to get gia reps on bti i don't know if they want to move her to the main commentary table is i'm she... just saying that's the option you know what i mean yeah. there is the option oh god and then jimmy jacobs is doing backstage fucking report <laughs> the guy who did the nick aldis segments Oh, girl, they could just have old boy by himself. All he do is talk shit about Gia Miller's imaginary friend anyway. <laughs> no, it, probably, it wouldn't be Josh Matthews. He would probably, honestly, if they were going to put Gia Miller on commentary, they would probably just have Jen, uh, Josh Alexander's wife, do the do this stuff. That's great, too. That's great. That's a great shout. And she just got, yeah. Come on, Joel. I don't think I want to see it, though. Uh, hater, Joel. <laughs> But what I what I do want to see is everybody drop a thumbs up on the video. Go ahead, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already here at Fightful Overbooked. Uh, we will be back as we always are actually on Thursday, as we're supposed to be, for our typical Thursday night post-impact wrestling show that goes up with the Ring of Honor show. Ring of Honor does their post show, and then we drop in and do it after them on the same 
video. So come and check that out on youtube.com slash Fightful. This uh, audio recording will be on the main Fightful feed, not on the overbooked feed. But uh, go ahead and join those two podcast networks if you haven't already, okay? Krista, what you got going on? Give us your plugs and let's go home. (coughs) I'm so congested, so y'all going to bear with me. I'm so sorry. My name is Krista Starr, and you can find me almost any other day that there's wrestling. Wednesdays and Fridays, I'm typically live on twitch.tv slash Cresta Star or tiktok.com slash at sign Cresta Star. Tomorrow, I will be live. All in is tomorrow. I have to think there's a lot going on. Afternoon so, of Champions is tomorrow. All out is on I Sunday. am not watching Afternoon of Champions. Well, so no, I'll be live. What? Double or nothing is on Sunday. So only Afternoon of Champions is tomorrow? Yes. Battleground and, and Double or Nothing are on Sunday, uh, Sunday evening. I tried to tell you that. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Wednesdays, Fridays, catch me on my personal things. And if you're like Cresta, I don't know what to talk about. See that? Cresta D Star, link tree in my bio. Stalk me, baby. But don't stalk me for real because I'm crazy and I like to eat people. Joel, where can they find you? I ain't eating people, but uh, I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. I'm usually on Fightful Overbooked. No Joel and Kate at 8 this week because of the aforementioned AEW and NXT pay-per-views. By the way, they are on Sunday, Crest, and not on Saturday this time. <laughs> drag me, drag me, drag me. You did tell me this. I can pull up the message right now. He did tell, drag me, drag me to hell, drag me. This is what we do. Anyway, uh, I'm here all the time. I, and if I'm not here, then I'm on the internet somewhere. Until then, ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.